0: Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.
1: Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not
0: guaranteed. Right along with Laura Reynolds as she talks to the
1: auto designers, creators, and makers about the automobiles we love as we go
0: driving in heels. It's driving in heels. I'm Laura Reynolds, your host. And on this week's podcast, I talk directly to Audi product manager Anthony Garbus about the Audi A445, and he'll give us his thoughts on the future of driving. Then I'll talk to Ford Director Vehicle Research and Technology, Dr. Cynthia Flanagan, about a do-it-yourself air filtration kit that you can build using Ford's free instructions. So let's get started with Audi Product Manager, Anthony Garbus. Well, I'm so glad you guys suggested talking about uh, the A445 today. I mean, it's a beautiful car. And not only does it look cool on the outside, but it's plush on the inside. I mean, you cannot beat driving this car in traffic.
1: Yeah, I mean the the A4 is been our best selling sedan since we launched Audi in the U.S. and well, and it came in in 1995 uh, the B5 Audi A4 and uh, it's been fantastic since then. It's one of those things that's kind of synonymous with Audi. You know, people think of depending, I on your age, I guess too. Uh, you know, all road sticks out to a lot of people for Audi um, R8, obviously for the newer generation. But A4 is what so many people remember, right, uh, of the car. And uh, when I think of A4, I think it's important to think of the entire family, um, and that is A4, A5, and Q5. So these are our, you know, kind of we call them B segment cars. They're the not the small cars, not the big cars, they're kind of in the middle, and uh, they're the core volume for us as well, contributing about half of the annual sales that we do between those those cars. And what's great about them is that they're like A4 and A5 are essentially the same car underneath with a different hat on them, right? And so that gives us the ability to scale between, you know, two-door A5, uh, Cabriolet as the convertible A5, then you have the Sportback A5, then you have the A4 sedan, then you have A4 all also, and you have all these different variants coming off of this uh, the modular shared platform. And with that comes engines and transmissions and infotainment and all the stuff that is aligned between the cars. And then Q5, which of course is our best-selling car, uh, SUV or vehicle, um, is roughly based off of the A4, A5, but it's a little bit wider and suspension is a little bit different because that's air suspension and so forth. It's a little bit of a mix of an A6 and an A4 platform put together. And uh, yeah, these cars as a whole are really, really, like, say, class leading in terms of what they offer with driving dynamics and power efficiency and, and um, uh, driver assistance systems and infotainment and all these things tie together to... to just make a, a fantastic vehicle, and I'm not at all biased.
0: Though. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, <laughs> I'm not sure we believe you, Anthony. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's, it's it's
1: funny is that you know these cars. It's it's not really a job. It's a passion, right? I've loved these these cars for decades. You know the Audi brand and and, and these, and so doing this is really really great. And I like to always think then. You know, we have one side, we have to think, okay, what's good for the company, right? With profitability and packaging complexity. And the other side, I think of what does a customer want? Cause you know, I was a customer before I started working here. Um, and so that's where we try to balance all of those right aspects to make the best product offer.
0: You know, that's great to know that you were a fan before you even started working there. And it, it's gotta be a lot of fun seeing your ideas come to fruition.
1: Yeah, it it, it's, it is a process, um, and uh, it's stressful at times. And there is so much work and back and forth. And you know, then you have things that don't go as planned, and you have to, you know, adapt. But then you see the final product on the road, and it's like, it's like one of your children, you know, <laughs> driving down there. And so uh, it's it's really it's really great, and uh, seeing people that are happy with their cars and excited to get that and love it, and that's just it's really it's it's, it's very rewarding.
0: Well, since you compared them to children, I won't ask you which one's your favorite.
1: I don't have, oh. <laughs> in terms of actual children, I don't have any. Uh, in terms of the cars, that's a tough one because uh, I love them all equally. You know?
0: uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: Like my parents say to me and my sister, I'm totally the favorite, it's fine. They don't have to admit it, but I know it.
0: <laughs> well, as long as you know.
1: Yeah, it's fine, I know.
0: Well, I know that the A445 got a little bit of a change up on the outside. Go ahead and tell us about what you did to the exterior. Yeah, so uh,
1: with model year 20, we did a little bit, of, we called it mid-cycle, like freshening. It's like a facelift. Where you, you take the exterior, we change the bumpers, headlights, and wheel designs. And on the A4, we had a very substantial one that we actually redesigned everything except for the roof. Um, so it was very major for a mid-cycle update. Uh, A5 got bumpers, side soles, lights, et cetera. Um, and uh, with that um, came new infotainment systems. So we now went to a touchscreen infotainment system because customers are so used to you know looking at their phone and this is what they want to see. So, uh, and they're just used to, to tapping on it. Um, and uh then last year with model year 21 or i guess this year uh when you think about it got new uh engine upgrades as well so more power for the a440 and a445 and same with a540 and a545 and uh the 40 and 45 correlate to the power output of the car so you know the a440 is 201 horsepower a445 is 261 horsepower and so uh these are the n- go nomenclature of power now especially when you have uh electric cars coming where we have a lot of electric cars on the market now and coming sooner where you don't have engines to you know describe it by like 2 liter or 3 liter you know so now you do it by power level and that's what the that's what the nomenclature is for
0: yeah it's a, it's a whole new world as we it is a
1: whole new world it very much is and and it's 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 so exciting cuz i spent the last uh, week driving the new etron gt that we have coming out and my gosh it is phenomenal it is so good. It's such a, it's so different from driving, you know, uh, even an R8 or an R7 or, or any of these high-powered gas cars because of just the instantaneous response. It's just like this instant one G-force hits you when you accelerate, just in, wow, it's just right there. Uh, it, truly amazing. And the balance and, and the perfect weight front to back and the low center of gravity from battery, all, all these things. It's it. the future is very exciting.
0: You must have taken that on the tollway. I'm just guessing.
1: Uh, I actually went on the back roads. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, went on, I had to discharge the battery a little bit for some testing the next day. So I went out for an hour on the back roads. Yeah, it was, it was really hard. And I, you know, I really took one for the team on that, uh, you know, to go do that. But what can you do?
0: Yeah, good for you for being a team player. <laughs> I I try. so which one I'm gonna put you on the spot which one would you park in your driveway forever which Audi yes
1: oh that's tough because there would always be more than one car right I mean I can't just say one car no car guy are saying just one car there's cars for you know occasions and situations if I were to do just if I could only have one car and that was it uh I would take an RS ViSport back that would be it again tip. oh my or, god or maybe an s6 <laughs> i like them i like that car a lot too so i don't know it'd be a tough one to figure out
0: gosh you don't want something with a little speed
1: yeah right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, you know what's funny is you bring that up there are no slow cars anymore like the whole thing like you think 20 years ago you know supercars doing five seconds zero to 60 and an a4 does it in 5.2 seconds like 5.2 seconds for an a4 and 5.7 seconds for a q5 like like my mom needs a car that sub six seconds zero to 60 in her q5 no but it's like efficiency and power and turbocharging and all this stuff has come together and transmissions that they're so fast now they're so fast so uh yeah it's like <laughs> just crazy you take a ferrari from the 90s and put it up against an s4 and the s4 will walk on it you know it's <laughs> in the line it's 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 unbelievable but uh <laughs> such as uh, technology and now with the electric cars coming and their instant power and you know three seconds zero to 60 on the tron rs Etron tron gt i mean these are crazy crazy times
0: where where do you see that going that's interesting that you brought that up i mean it, it's...
1: eventually there comes a point where you can't get any faster right i mean <laughs> when you have cars sub three seconds zero to 60 this is mind-blowing you know um but uh I I don't know where that end is going to be, right? Where that like I think uh the the Model S Plaid is showing 1.99 seconds zero to sixty, right? Is what they're 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 uh, targeting and what they're promoting. But like sub two seconds zero to sixty times is unheard of. It's like a you know I remember the roller coasters they'd launch you, you know zero to sixty in two seconds, they were so excited. Now it's your car is going to do it.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, I think the only way you could really get faster is if you invent invent the Audi transporter, you know, like from transporter.
1: From- <laughs> you know? yeah, we have that. It was Jason Statham, you know, in the transporter movies. He was doing that.
0: <laughs> Instantaneous travel by Audi. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we need a teleporter. Yeah. Eventually there comes a point, you can't get any faster, right? And so uh Especially with electric cars there's where how you design the cells in the battery whether it's you know for efficiency or for power right and so then you have, you have this varying uh, ability of what you want to focus on so and who knows what's going to happen with battery technology in the next 10 20 years right and if solid-state batteries come on and and how they're charging and all this i mean it's it's this is the biggest revolution in like the automotive I think since, you know, the internal combustion was engine was created and, and you know, we got to our normal car. So it's crazy. It, it's, it's very exciting.
0: It is. It's fun to watch. And when we were talking about the A4s, you guys have dropped a new 12-volt uh, in that one.
1: Yeah. So now we have 12-volt um, mild hybrid system. So the, the four-cylinder models, the 40 and the 45, have this system, which... Um, it's running essentially our new start-stop system in the car, so smoother starts. Uh, the engine is shut off uh, earlier, and then the 12-volt system will power the accessories uh, while the car is off. So you're reducing, you know, CO2 and uh, fuel consumption uh, when you don't need it. You know, when you don't, you don't need to have your car running at a stoplight. You know, I like to say you don't leave the light on in your house and you turn the room when you leave the room, right? So it's the same point of why would you be using while sitting at a stop. Now we have the 12 volt system that can handle it for you.
0: Oh, and one more thing off my list that I don't have to worry about. <laughs> yeah. I like that.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then on some of the bigger cars, so on the A6 and A7, uh, we have the 48 volt mild hybrid system. So this one's stronger and this one will run like uh, ancillary systems, like it'll run Part of suspension uh, it can run electronic compressor like in the s6 is a little uh, electric turbocharger essentially that's run off that system to give you that boost right off of the lines you don't have to wait for any turbo spool. and these are all great ways to increase efficiency in internal combustion engines
0: i love the new infotainment center that you put in the a4 it's sleek it's beautiful even to look at yeah. and, and it's easy to use i think it's intuitive
1: that's one thing we always try to do right we try to make it relatively simple even since we launched the mmi back in of course the a8 back or 15 some years ago um and uh it wanted to be relatively simple right you know when i first came out in bmw it was very confusing and they've done a pretty good job now of making it you know between touch and the rotary pad and, and a lot more simple to use um but now everyone's so used to having uh touch screens and the People have gotten used to interaction, like the user experience uh, with uh, phones. We try to keep it similar to that too in the the screen in the car. And it's also important is that everyone is a large screen in the car. It's all uh, 10.1 inches. So there's no small screen or big screen based on level of infotainment or if you have navigation or anything like that. And um, it's great because then if a customer wanna buy navigation, they just use CarPlay, which is standard in the car and it mirrors your phone to the big screen and then you're all set. So the the goal, and I think I said this the last time we spoke about Q5 is that like an entry level Audi shouldn't be like you're getting penalized in any way, right? You get into an Audi, a base car with no options. It is equipped with everything that you need, right? And it is still luxurious and and is a a fantastic place to be. And that's where it's like, I make sure that any cars that I build or that I plan is one that I would drive the base car on. And that's how we do it across the board. And so, um, there's no need to go into big expansion options to get the car you want.
0: I, I love that because that's true. I, when you said you get penalized for taking the base, a car sometimes because then it's like, Oh, but I want wheels. And yeah. so how much is exactly. that? You know, and
1: you go to a new trim or if you have to get a bigger engine or anything, but all these cars are so well equipped that you go in, you get a base car and you're set. Right. And And it's, it's great. I just spent the last, you know, two months with an A5 premium with convenience package and it has everything you could possibly want for $44,000. And uh, all-wheel drive, plenty of power, two hundred horsepower, luxury, nice, you know, LED headlights, sunroof, leather, a big screen, color information display, all these things you want, climate control, heated seats, you know, dimming mirrors, kills, it, it is It is loaded and it's the base car. And uh, it, it's, it's very nice. And so that's why these cars i think are also doing very well
0: well and i love that you put all-wheel drive on the base model without yeah. upcharging charging
1: us yeah so we ah. uh, with the a4 we had a four-wheel drive um and now uh with this update mid-cycle we made them uh, quattro so everything is quattro uh in the car now
0: so what have the dealers said what feedback have you gotten
1: well, I guess dealer feedback is different from customer feedback, right? Because <laughs> dealers are a lot of times very confused or uh, confused or, uh, excuse me, focused on complexity, right? Then making sure that since we, you know, build the stock market, you know, the more combinations you have, the less likely it is that your dealer has the car on their lot, right? So we try to package everything together um, in a simple way. That has everything the customer wants, and then limits the number of build configurations. Um, that when you get to a dealer, you have your car, then you just choose the color, right? <laughs> and that's uh, where on these cars, feedback's been very good uh, from dealers on A45 and Q5 family regarding complexity, and uh, customers uh, seem to be pretty happy too from our um, from our uh, uh, NADA surveys and other things that we've looked at in terms of uh, you know happiness with their vehicle having what they want. So.
0: I'm, I'm curious if any of like the customers, for instance, I don't think the dealers would say this, but if the customers have said, Oh, but I like the little dial and you took my little dial.
1: Uh, I've read some online uh, about, you know, the knob because it's people who've been driving Audis for 10 plus <laughs> years and they've been used to that little knob there. Uh, and uh, then you take it away. But then again, the majority of people especially new people come in or just like, Oh yeah, it's touchscreen. So, um, it's what you expect now. It's just, it is is technology. It's how the whole industry has gone. And it's thanks to these phones. I miss my BlackBerry. Like really, I do. Like giving my keyboard back and let me have a great device for email. But, you know, it's not happening anymore. So.
0: You know, I'll look for one on eBay for you, Anthony.
1: Oh, no, I still have it. Oh, oh yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't believe
1: and I had the last one. This is the passport, the oh big my- one. Right, it was, this was a fantastic device. It just came too late. But uh, yeah, I had to get an iPhone like four years ago for work. They stopped supporting this, but I refused to give it back, so I
0: still. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess you're just gonna have to frame it at this point.
1: I mean, pretty much, it's not really worth anything. But uh, I still keep it. It works. It turns it on. I can still do some things. But yeah, it's it's amazing how how. Apple and Google have shaped the entire industry, right? And that's also where you tie in to automotive infotainment as well because phones are so prominent now. Everyone has a phone. I mean, 80% of Audi uh, drivers are iPhone users, right? So CarPlay, oh, wow. yeah. Because the iPhone is very much a, a premium product, right? And it ties into the premium brand. So it's, it's expecting that you'd have the luxury brands having high iPhone ownership instead of Androids. Whereas in you know, the rest of the world and where you have Androids, you know, that are free or 20 bucks and prepaid and that, that then it, you have a very high market share like globally Android, but US and, and premium consumers is iPhone, so.
0: Well, let's continue to talk tech in the car itself because you guys have a lot of tech built into that A4 and great safety features as well.
1: Yeah, and that's the safety one is really important too because um, you should never have to pay for safety, right? That's something that is our like civic duty <laughs> to people. And so uh, we always had with A4 when we launched it, you know, we call it Pre-Sense City. That's our Forward Collision Warning and Automatic Emergency Braking that you know, it can look for pedestrians or cars or objects and up to 52 miles an hour, it can stop. It'll apply the brakes and mitigate you know, a potential collision. And if you're going under 25, so in a residential area and it sees someone on a bicycle or, or a child in the road, it'll stop the car completely. And these are, this is, this is very important. These are very important things. And then, you know, every car now parking centers and we have top view camera and we have side assist, so blind spot monitoring and rear cross traffic. So you're backing out of your driveway and a car comes by, it'll see it and it'll jolt on the brakes for you. um, So you don't run into things. And this is with technology becoming so advanced and you can implement it into the cars and you do it as a way that helps save people right
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it
1: does every little bit that we can do um makes all the difference so that's where we have heavy standard safety features in the vehicle
0: so where do you see this going i mean i know autonomous is on the horizon and we're only at level one you know
1: or level two um maybe two and a half uh (laughs) but um level three isn't here yet you know true hands free driving it's being worked on we're we're working on it everyone's working on it in industry um but uh if that's that's a tricky one to see when we get to a true like level five autonomous vehicle mm-hmm. i think we'll see it in our lifetime but it's not something that we'll see in you know two years we all you know, talk and i think that's also just because of the tesla thing with being called autopilot and people you think oh my car drives itself you know the average consumer doesn't know like no it doesn't right mm-hmm. and uh you know, we just saw an accident, what, a week ago, right? Where the car caught fire and they said people were sitting in the back seat while it was driving itself, you know, cause you can trick some of the systems by hanging a weight from the steering wheel. So it feels torque. Whereas our systems in our car, we have hands-on detection. So it knows your hand is there. And it has steering like weight detection, torque detection. So <laughs> you can't just hang something from your car and expect it to drive the Audi. It still needs to feel your hand. And these are things because, they're not autonomous systems. They are assists. You know, we call it adaptive cruise assist or adaptive cruise control. Like these are all things to help you. Traffic jam assist help you with some of the stress of driving. It's not taking over you driving.
0: Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head that people get confused uh, when they it's hear the marketing
1: the- lingo. They gets thrown yeah. around between all these from brands and things. That's why you have to use the SAE like level one through five for doing it. But the fact that you know they call it autopilot implies to me it's autonomous, right? Yeah. And that's what customers think. And yes, they have a fantastic driver assistance system and uh, they have great features and the way they push to the cars and the Elon being this visionary and it's great and it's doing wonders to the whole industry, right? With everyone trying to, uh, to do the same. But uh, the marketing wise, it's, it's, it's not autonomous. No one's there yet.
0: So what infrastructure do we still need in order to support autonomous vehicles? Oh, this
1: is where we get into the other team that we have at Audi working on this on, on future futureing. But I mean, it's, it's so much between uh, obviously the hardware and the car, which is what I'm most concerned of, but then also, you know, the infrastructure and lane markings and all these other things to be able to work as well. And it's, it's a massive undertaking. And so yeah, there, there are teams of people working on that outside of my my wheelbox.
0: Yeah, I bet. Because I just can't even imagine, you know, with the United States being as huge as it is, the Mm -hmm. roadways, the different traffic, you know, departments. And then
1: you have some that are divided, some highways that aren't divided and all these other things you get into. And then lane markings and some, you know, just are non-existent. Um, And uh, these are all things that are tough for, you know, the car has to read and process and figure out what to what to do.
0: Yeah, I, I grew up in the Midwest and I, and uh, we we drove on some gravel roads, so sure. I don't see that happening. You're
1: driving on the gravel roads, uh, yeah. of the car. but who knows in the future and technology keeps going at a massive pace with advancement and what the cameras can do and then radar sensors and laser scanners and GPS data and map data and all of these things that tie together to be able to, to do this. Um, it's crazy. <laughs> it really is. <laughs>
0: No, I think it's really interesting. And I think with all of the developments that you have coming in the future, that there's going to be even more and more opportunities um, for additional employees and for different departments of employees coming in.
1: Sure. I mean, you have now, like, we have uh, just started rolling out the vehicle-to-vehicle communication. And that's where these cars essentially have like little sensors in them that communicate to other cars. So if another car has like slammed on its brakes ahead of a curve your car knows yeah. that there's a car ahead that slammed on its brakes and it could be is there a, an accident or is there like a spill on the road or something and then this sends that information to your car to be aware as well and these are great things that come out blind curves and you can see another car is coming because it'll transmit the other vehicle there's a car there and these are it's smart right and then you have vehicle to infrastructure and vehicle to vehicle and these are great systems that are, that are rolling on the cars today um, so safety is not just you know the caging your car in airbags. Safety is so much more than that with all the technology that we have as well, and awareness, situational awareness. So
0: So if a parent was listening, or maybe I've even hit teenagers by this point, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm hoping, but uh, what would you suggest if they're interested in being in the manufacturing business, what type of classes or degrees should they look at?
1: Well, I mean, you can never go wrong. It depends on what you want to do in the manufacturing automotive business, right? Because then you have you have sales and we need sales and we need training and we need marketing uh, and then need like me, product planning. And then uh, so much though, so you need the engineers and the development work and all of this. So it's, it's literally, you're pulling from every part of the, every part of like uh, uh, education to try to get into what job you want in industry. Um, my background is always more uh, technical in IT which is what I went to school for, and information network security. And now I end up playing with cars, right? But it's so funny because cars always my passion since I was a kid. And uh, now the crossover between technology and automotive is really blended together. So cars are rolling computers.
0: They are. I mean, that's just it. There's no longer, you know, dad and you getting under the hood. And
1: yeah, you're not adjusting the carburetor or anything anymore, right? Everything is all controlled. You program them with your computer. And that's, uh, yeah. That's where uh, you can never go wrong uh, with that. Well, and I forgot finance. The finance college would be very mad at me if I totally left oh. out finance. <laughs> so,
0: would you get an email?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'd get an email probably. Uh, but obviously, you always have to follow the money, right? So, <laughs> yeah. my uncle's a, a CPA. He so said, You always need accounts, right? Yeah. Never get away without having accounts.
0: Well, that and you know, you got to have somebody do the boring work.
1: well now they're going to send you an email not me oh no
0: i'm sorry did i say that? i can say that my sister is an accountant so (laughs) she's the smart one i'm just the one that has fun (laughs) (laughs) well i'm going to jump back to the a4 real quick i want you to build anthony's perfect a4 that you're going to park in your driveway
1: <laughs> you know what's funny is a lot of times we do I do special editions uh, of cars like once a year and this past year I did them on RS5 for the launch of the RS5 um, two different like launch editions of the car and uh, one of them I built you know, just blacked out black car black wheels you know people love that and the other like model I did was like Anthony's car which was in a scarring blue with silver wheels and like all this silver trim on the car and blue brake calipers in a nice, like uh, a contrast-stitched interior. And that's like, that was me building a car for me for everyone else. (laughs) (laughs) So every once in a while I do that to have a little bit of fun, but uh, yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that uh, blue car wouldn't be a cop magnet or anything, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, man, it is. (laughs) I think they're all sold now too. So only did 125, Uh, but um, if I were to go buy a car today, that's what I would go get. Oh, ah, nice yeah yeah absolutely
0: now uh, now the uh, a440 is actually limited correct uh it's not
1: limited it's just that the volume of the car is considerably less than we have on the 45 the high output car okay so, um and that's where you know i just spent time with an a540 same car but sportback um and uh i loved it like i loved it it's plenty plenty of power great fuel i got 36 miles per gallon on the highway. Like, I mean, it's fantastic to do. And it's got quattro and it's luxurious. It looks great. And so you do an A4, you do an A5, it's fine. Um, And uh, yeah, so uh, (laughs) there is a a car for everyone.
0: Yeah, I just wanted to make sure we didn't have to do pre-orders or anything.
1: Nope, no pre-orders. They're there. Dealers have some. You can order one if you want to. But again, still majority of people go for the higher output car.
0: Cool, and and what's the starting MSRP? This is what I think is going to blow people's minds. This
1: is uh, thirty nine one uh, for the uh, A four.
0: Yeah, and with all this stuff that you have added to it, you would have thought that price would have been jacked up.
1: Yeah, and that's where we try to say, um, you know, we want to compete in this 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 segment because we don't do, you know, like a BMW the rear wheel drive. We do now just do Quattro, and so we try to get in on the. Similar price, to say okay. You get a real drive, we you go to Quattro, right? And then, and you're like, oh, the value of all-wheel drive, and you drive it all four, all four seasons. And I was just up in uh, Boston last week uh, visiting my sister and her family, and every other car you see on the roads an Audi. Like it's so great. Like just drive Q 5 Q5, Q5, or something else going by, and it's it's great. A Q7, and so that's where there's no downside to it, especially because our all-wheel drive system now knows when it needs to be all wheel drive or not. And if you're just cruising on the highway, it just decouples the prop shaft and the rear differential and just drive in front wheel drive mode. And you get that amazing efficiency. And then before you need it, you know, if you're coming up to a turn or you accelerate, it's already re-engaged the rear wheels and you have all wheel drive. So.
0: Uh, it's always thinking. (laughs) It's
1: always thinking. It is constantly thinking.
0: Any new colors?
1: Any new colors? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) What colors do you like? My favorite is we have, I'm actually driving, my car is an S5 um, convertible, perfect for the summer. And I did it in District Green, um, because I love green. And I've been pushing green cars since I got to Audi. I'm that crazy guy who loves green, uh, is what everyone knows me as. And um, it's cause like, remember the 90s, every car was green with a tan interior, right? Those were the good days. (laughs) And so (laughs) here we are now, everyone buys gray, white or black. And it's so boring, right? And so now we have a super cool uh, district green that you can get on uh, on a A five and a Q five as well, and it's it's a uh, it's a fun one. But otherwise, <laughs> go with blue. Blue is just great. Yes. You can never go wrong with blue. I like you're wearing a blue shirt, right? Yes. Everyone likes blue.
0: <laughs> yeah, blue is my favorite. When you asked what my favorite color was, I was yeah. going to say blue. Now that the green, what interior do you suggest for it? What color?
1: Great definitely great right? yeah yeah it's kind of a it's green with a bit of a like a gray tone to it it's mm-hmm. not like a super dark green and so i did it with a gray interior and it is oh. yeah
0: yeah that's gonna look sharp
1: uh-huh yeah so it's 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 fun
0: now <laughs> we now we know what anthony's vehicle is
1: yep <laughs> 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 and it's 80, it's 82 degrees today here, and uh, it's perfect top down to go around and get lunch. And uh, <laughs> I have to wear a hat though for my bald head. But oh. I'm bald head
0: hey, it's worth it to put the top down.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anything you want to add?
1: No, I mean, I think we covered it a lot um, pretty much everything. <laughs> I would just say, you know, we just uh, unveiled the Q4 e Tron, which is coming towards the end of the year, and then we had the A6 e-tron that was shown last week as well, the concept car. And so, so much uh, electric mobility is coming from Audi and it's very exciting.
0: Thank you again to Anthony Garbus for joining us. Make sure to subscribe to Driving in Heels to hear more manufacturer interviews every week. When we return, Ford has free instructions on their website for a do-it-yourself air filtration kit. The kits can help clean the air in enclosed spaces such as a classroom. I'll talk to Ford next on Driving in Heels.
1: This is Driving in Heels with Laura Reynolds. Each week, Laura talks with auto manufacturers to keep you in the know about the latest and greatest in the cars, trucks, and SUVs you love to drive. Here's more Driving in Heels with Laura Reynolds.
0: I'm Laura Reynolds, and you're listening to Driving in Heels. In the fight against COVID-19, Ford, in partnership with LASCO, has developed an easy air filtration kit called Scrappy. Scrappy can easily and cheaply clean the air of enclosed spaces, such as a classroom. Best of all, you can build it yourself with Ford's easy and free instructions. Here's Ford Director of Vehicle Research and Technology, Dr. Cynthia Flanagan. Ford just always seems to be ahead of the game. And each time it comes to COVID, you guys pivot yet again to help everyone out. Um, so this is really a cool program. So tell us a little bit about Scrappy.
2: Okay. um, Absolutely. So, and and you're right. I think we all both professionally and personally have been learning on a daily basis about COVID-19. And um, I'm really excited by the work that Ford has done and is continuing to do in this area. Um, Maybe just as a a little bit of awareness, um, it was back in March of 2020 when Ford kicked off this internal initiative called Project Apollo. And we, we called it that with this mission of, Hi, how do we leverage, you know, we've got all these scientists and engineers and a lot of capability and technical expertise and and how do we leverage that to support the community. And so we really focused on delivering needed PPE or personal protective equipment ventilators and other technologies. Um, and we've continued that work. And so the, the scrappy idea to talk about today is a, another um, next generation that we're you know, continuing to deliver to the community. And so it is pretty scrappy. And we use that word because we move quickly. You know, this is low cost. This is um, you know, something that really you know, kids can put together and yet it's highly effective. So what we did is we co-developed this do-it-yourself Air filtration system with Lasco. They're a fan company, and which enables really easy mitigation of the risk of airborne spread of COVID 19. Um, And especially, you know, the sweet spot we're looking for here is enclosed spaces indoors that may have poor ventilation systems. So we realize the infrastructure in the US and, you know, may not be the same everywhere. That's really the, the intended use case. And so you're probably wondering what it is, right? So there's um, there's three components to it. Oh, so, and when I and you're gonna understand why I say scrappy. So it's a, a folded cardboard enclosure, a 20 inch Lasco box fan, and then a high efficiency air filter. We one that you could buy at um, like a local store, and it's 20 by 20 by four inches, and the key here on the filter, it has to have what's called a MERV rating of 13, which just stands for minimum efficiency reporting value. And with those three items, what you do is you fold up the cardboard box, um, you put the air filter on inside of it, and then the fan on top, you just turn it on to, for high and to get the maximum filtration. And then it pulls the air downward and then filters through the, the fan. Oh. So it's um, pretty simple, <laughs> as I said, but um, it is very effective. That, that's very clever. I would have never
0: thought of something like that. And I could see where it'd be so necessary in places like schools where, you know, there, it's pretty tight in there with the students.
2: Yes, absolutely. Um, and, and I do want to give a shout out. So our CTO or Chief Technical Officer had a colleague um, and who had mentioned the idea. We took it and said, yeah, that's interesting. Let's do some modeling in-house. And so we, we really leveraged our scientists and engineers that work on modeling for our vehicles and asked them, hey, can you, can you use your knowledge you have and see, does this have you know merit? And it was great. We did some you know, quick prototyping. And then from that, what we did is worked with some of the leading scientists and universities to, um, as well as some external test labs and really excited by, um, we just had a publication come out this week that we're able to share in a prominent scientific journal called Physics of Fluids. And so we published our work, um, which gets into a lot of the details behind it. It's
0: interesting that your CTO came up with this idea. I, you know, because um, when I first read the press release, I was like, gosh, how would you even think of something like that? But it, it's so necessary.
2: It, it absolutely is. And, you know, as I said, you know, you know for, especially when we look at the classroom environments and, and if, you know, um, infrastructure that might be older, it's a really effective way to improve the interior air um, what we found, we, we looked at a lot of different factors. We looked at, you know, where would you place it in the classroom? Let's say you knew somebody had COVID, like a, a teacher, for example, um, and how would that impact the rest of the students? Or if you didn't know who the emitter would be, you know, how would that impact um, the, the aerosols? And so as part of doing this, um, there's a couple key you know, takeaways. One, very effective very low cost. <laughs> um, and then the the whole goal here is, you know, if we're stuck inside and we can't open the windows and, you know, you look at that kind of environment, how do we increase the air changes per hour in a room? And what we found is, um, so just kind of put it in perspective, typical classrooms might be like nine, 950 to a thousand square feet. We found you would, Probably want to add two of these air cleaner units um, into that kind of size of classroom, and they would refresh the air about 4.5 times per hour. So um, it's a great, you know, great way, like I said, scrappy, yes, (laughs) the name comes to life, Um, and also a pretty low cost solution. Wow. That's
0: amazing. I I was going to ask you how they work, but if they recycle the air every 4.5 times per hour, that's, that's just amazing. I would have never guessed that.
2: Yeah. So it's great to have the, what we we call the CFD or computational fluid dynamics models. And we can, you know, as part of that, you know, kind of see, you know, the the airflow. Um, Now there's a a lot of caveats to hear the height of the room and the size of the room and, you know, how many people are in the room, but, We had this technical paper um, with the University of Minnesota and we detail a lot of that out in there. So the the title is called Airborne Transmission of COVID-19 and Mitigation Using Box Fan Air Cleaners in a Poorly Ventilated Classroom. So um, it's available and made it public so everybody can take a look. Um, One of the areas that um, we're really excited by with this is we've worked with the Ford Fund to we're in the process of donating twenty thousand of these filtration kits to underserved communities, and um, we've also made the do-it-yourself instructions. It's four pages, very simple, available on our website, so anybody can download it. Anybody can do it. Um, I've had colleagues that put these together for you know some of their sports teams if they're in hockey and and just you know looking at um, you know how you can do it on your own. So very excited to to provide these um, to school districts and we've been getting awesome, awesome feedback from kids and um, from a lot of the different nonprofits. I have to say, I think they can put these together faster than I can, but (laughs) um, I I haven't been put to the, the test yet. So that's probably a good thing well, so
0: um, if someone listening right now is like, you know, how do I get these? Do they go on your website or how do they get, you know, the chance to get some of these fans?
2: Yes. so if it's um, for the community, they can put requests in. If it's for like a nonprofit or school, there's um, on the Ford site, there is a link um, under PPE and there's an opportunity to put in requests for donations. There's also, if it's for your personal use, you can go in there and download the, the four pager instructions and, and take it from there. Wow, this really must
0: put some parents' minds at ease because you know we're all just learning as we go along with this. And it's kind of scary, you know, to have to send your kids back and and not know if they're going to wear their mask or not, or what it's going to be like in the classroom.
2: Right. I mean, so the, the intent here is to be a supplemental to. Um, all the CDC guidelines and, and you know the current HVAC systems and schools, and you know to improve the situation from the Ford perspective, and and as a mom myself, <laughs> I have to say, you know it's it's so important, and we're also committed to doing what we can for the community, knowing we're all in this together. You know it takes a village. Um, we so appreciate the partnerships with everybody involved, but just the openness within the community, the the scientific, all the universities. Um, the teams with LASCO, Ford Fund. So I just want to you know, express my appreciation to um, really the openness that we're all making a difference for the community.
0: Can you see this being used with other applications as well? Because uh, you know, a lot of us you know, haven't gone to church because we're afraid of the number of people there or maybe you know, we're part of a club like VFW and, and we're afraid to go uh, be a part of those meetings. Maybe this is something that can help.
2: Yeah, I, absolutely. So um, it, it works. Like I said, the sweet spot for this are you know for when you're building your HVAC system is like an older unit. And so those are, would be the prime case where you really would have the maximum benefit for it. But absolutely. I mean, there's so many different use cases as we're thinking about how do you return to your new norm and <laughs> what that might look like and how do you congregate in shared spaces? And this is you know a way at a very low cost to provide a supplementary solution, and so that's why we're encouraging everybody to, um, you know, take a look and to share the information, and um, and it will provide you know more opportunities for, like you said, it could be for small businesses, it could be for you know clubs coming together, or anybody you know in closed spaces, um, small rooms, and you know it it makes it better. And I'm
0: assuming the only thing that, you know, somebody that has one of these would need to provide is actually just electricity to plug it in.
2: Yep. Yep. That's um, so once you have the the three components, um, yes, that that's all that's needed. And so um, there is, you know, like after a period of time, of course, you would want to change the filter, but you know, we're we're talking months. And so, yes, that's all you need to do is plug it in. Um, It's, a very simple and, and again very scrappy system, <laughs> and so a great one to add um, as a layered approach.
0: Now I can see lots of people wanting these, and so how many have you already? How how many have you made, and how many have you distributed?
2: Um, so I think we're you know exceeding just about you know three quarters of our target for the donations, um, and so we're still accepting you know requests coming in through our website. But like I said, um, the do-it-yourself is a great opportunity for you know people that just might need you know one or twos and um, they can rock and roll. It's just amazing
0: how you guys are always staying ahead of everything that has to do with COVID and how you've been taking care of the community. It really is.
2: Thank you so much. I, I can't say enough um, how proud I am to work at Ford, honestly. Um, the way the whole team has come together in this this whole challenge that we all have faced, um, the the company and the my colleagues have been part of this solution, and and um, you know part of that is donating over 120 million masks, and you know over like 1.5 million washable gowns, and you know providing ventilators and powered air purifying respirators. So, you're trying to look at how we can leverage. The, the knowledge we have and really make a difference and quickly. And that's the part is just how everybody has um, really accelerated efforts to deliver.
0: So let's tell everyone again, uh, whether they're requesting the equipment to be sent to their school or a club or wherever, or if they can they build their own with your instructions then?
2: Yes, yes. So both are options. So we're donating to community if it's a nonprofit or school and if it's for personal use, yes, you can donate. I mean, sorry, you can go to our website, download the four page instructor instructions, and then you can make it yourself. Oh, that is just so cool. Well, Cynthia, is there anything that you're like, why hasn't Laura asked me this yet? <laughs> um, I just I just want to thank you um, again. I just want to thank all the partners involved in this. It's um, such a privilege to be part of it. And we you know, have awesome customers that have shown the support and have been working with us. And I just want to give our appreciation. So thank you so much, Laura. Well, we appreciate it as well. You guys are, like I said, always on top of things and always thinking what's the next thing we can do to help. Yes, thank you. Um, greatly appreciate that. And since I come from the research and advanced engineering effort, That's always um, out on my mind every day. So very excited by the pipeline of technologies and innovations we have coming on our vehicles and products and services as well. Thank you again to Dr. Cynthia Flanagan for joining us.
0: Make sure to subscribe to Driving in Heels to hear more manufacturer interviews. Every week, I talk directly to the manufacturers to get you the latest information about vehicles you're interested in. No opinions, just straight facts from the automakers themselves. I'm your host, Laura Reynolds, and that wraps up this week's Driving in Heels.
1: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Driving in Heels. There'll be more next week when Laura Reynolds talks directly to the manufacturers about the cars you love and the cars you want to know more about on Driving in Heels. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice.
2: Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end.
1: But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best.
2: Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here.
1: REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brand Spark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra.